Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. Today on the Market Pulse Monthly, we focus on a number of timely topics impacting the economy, including recent spikes in COVID-19 cases, a vaccine, and possible stimulus expectations coming out of our recent elections. We'll also look at current trends for both consumer credit and small business. I'm your host, Teresa Fries, and joining me today are Chris Dorides, Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics, Chris Walker, Senior Director of Product Management at Equifax, David Fieldhouse, Director of Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics, and Sarah Briscoe, Senior Data Scientist at Equifax. Thank you all for joining me today. Let's start with COVID-19, both the latest spike in reported cases and the recent vaccine announcement. First, Chris, how might the latest surge in cases affect the economic outlook for 2021? Uh, sure. So first of all, thanks, uh, Teresa, for having, having me back on, on the uh, podcast here. Always, always a pleasure. So uh, unfortunately, the latest spike in COVID-19 cases is certainly a negative for the economic outlook, right? Anytime we have rising cases, it's going to be a hit to uh, consumer and business confidence. Now, how much of a hit to the confidence uh, there is? That's certainly debatable and certainly has changed over time, but certainly more cases is universally a negative from that perspective. On top of that, you do have uh, some areas that are going into lockdown or certainly restricting restaurants and bars and other activities, and that's that's also going to impact economic activity directly. Right? If those establishments are locked down, then clearly consumers can't go and and uh, enjoy them or, or do any type of spending there. So that that is a, a negative as as well. So clearly. We continue to need to get the COVID-19 pandemic under control if we're going to see a a truly self-sustaining recovery. How does the announcement of a vaccine nearing trial completion impact your outlook into 2021? So the the announcement of the vaccine is certainly a positive in terms of the economic outlook. It's going to help to restore consumer confidence and business confidence. Just the the fact that that vaccine exists, even if it takes some time to uh, come to market and to be fully distributed, that's already going to be a positive. Of course, from a public health and a social perspective, we hope that's as soon as possible. So that, in terms of the economic outlook, is, is certainly cause for an upgrade and certainly uh, an improvement to the um, to the trajectory of the, of the forecast going forward. Of course, that does have to be tempered with the uh, recent spike in the caseload as well. So the timing really does matter. Again, the sooner we get that vaccine distributed, the faster we'll be able to restore confidence and get the uh, economy back on a more self-sustaining recovery path. Thank you. And and Chris, with the continued pandemic-led uncertainty combined with our recent elections, what is the outlook on any additional stimulus? That's a topic we've touched on in, in previous podcasts, but what do you see as our outlook for additional stimulus now? The short-term outlook of the economy is, is critical. And I see that uh, it's not a question of if we will get a stimulus, it's more of a question of how much. We also perhaps even know the timing as well. It's very likely to come after uh, the new Congress. Uh, takes office and as well as after the uh, the new president is is inaugurated. So we're looking at a, at a February time frame. At this point, the, the that amount of stimulus is really dependent on on the Senate, what happens with the elections in Georgia. If the if the uh, Congress remains split, if government remains split, uh, then we're looking at a smaller stimulus package, perhaps something closer to somewhere between five hundred billion to a trillion dollars of support for households and, and small businesses. Uh, if the Democrats were to sweep and take control of the Senate along with the House, then it could be a, a much larger package. Certainly, that 
would have implications in terms of the longer run outlook and the the amount of growth we could expect both in terms of output and employment going forward. Thank you, Chris. And as we start thinking about the impact to consumers and consumer spending and credit, in the latest quarterly senior loan officer survey, I noticed that there's a reference to continued tightening of loan underwriting standards by banks. And though far less in Q3 than we saw in Q2, do you see that tightening continuing through Q4 and into 2021? Yes, I, I do think that the banks are going to continue to remain on on guard in Q4, uh, certainly, as they are looking at the rise in, in COVID cases, right? That Again, that's front and center in terms of the uh, the outlook, at least in the short term, they may be encouraged by the uh, the vaccine and the announcement of the vaccine, but uh, we have to wait and see what the actual path or trajectory of the vaccine is. There are going to be additional approvals, and we're going to need some time to actually have it distributed. And then on top of that, it, the stimulus is is the big wild card when it comes to consumer credit at this point. We are going to see defaults. It's going to be likely a result of uh, inadequate stimulus or stimulus that is pushed out too far into the future. So. I, I do expect that the banks will remain guarded, at least for the short term. They'll see how these various factors shake out. And then as we go into Q1 and we start to see things uh, hopefully improve, at that point, I think they will be uh, much more willing to ease up on the lending standards and provide additional credit support. So Chris, with these thoughts in mind, what is the silver lining? Is there a positive outlook on the horizon um, for businesses in general? Yes. Yeah, so on the on the other side of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, there are lots of reasons for optimism. Uh, first and foremost, you do have uh, some consumers with uh, quite a bit of savings in their accounts. There, so there's, in some sense, some money on the sidelines, if you will, just waiting to see how things uh, shake out. And if there's some improvement, you could expect to see some of those consumers coming back, and that's going to stimulate a lot of activity. And the same thing is for a number of businesses. A number of businesses are also waiting on the sidelines, trying to see what, what's going to happen before they commit a lot of investment dollars. So if we are able to get the uh, pandemic un- under control and we are able to restore confidence, you can see uh, or you can make a very compelling case for some additional uh, growth going forward. The last thing I would mention is that uh, we do see a rise in the number of uh, entrepreneurs. The number of uh, business applications is actually near an all-time high, and that also suggests some optimism on the part of those business business owners, as well as some optimism as we are coming out of this uh, recovery, that there will be more activity, more business businesses doing more hiring, and that will certainly help to uh, propel the economy forward as well. What was your time frame for that? What what when do you see that occurring? So it's, it's highly dependent on the timing of the uh, virus itself and the control of the virus. So that's also dependent on the vaccine. But uh, my working assumption now is that that this is a a second half of 2021 event. We'll take the first half of the year to deal with the stimulus issues as well as the uh, the coronavirus. And then in the later half of 2021, I, I'm expecting to see an acceleration in overall activity. That was Chris Dorides, Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics. After this quick break, we'll shift gears and talk about consumer credit. When building your marketing programs, are you confident you're targeting the right businesses and buyers? With the B2B Connect database from Equifax, you can tap into the B2B account data you need to prospect, segment, and retain key clients across various industries and geographies. To learn more about B2B Connect, click on the link in our show notes. Welcome back. We're joined now by Chris Walker, solutions expert on all things credit trends here at Equifax. 
And David Fieldhouse, Director of Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Teresa. Before the break, Chris Doridi spoke in depth about the economic outlook for 2021 in light of continuing COVID uncertainty, as well as fiscal policy and continuing tightening of lending standards. We're now going to focus on consumer credit more specifically, both current trends and outlook. Chris, what trends are you seeing in the consumer credit and lending data um, these past few weeks? Anything jumping out since our last podcast? Yeah, a few things. So uh, overall, debt uh, is up uh, about 0.8% uh, when looking back uh, to the pre-COVID period. And uh, delinquencies have been sort of steady overall um, for the last several weeks, about the last 10 weeks at about 0.6%. But when we look at you know certain products like auto, and first mortgage, you know, they're very strong. They're actually up. Um, both of those products are up uh, compared back to the pre-COVID period. Auto um, is up about 1.9%. And as of most recent, uh, we've been seeing a delinquency rise uh, in auto, still well below the pre-COVID level, but we have been seeing that trend. Mortgage up about 2.1%, uh, so very strong. Uh, originations there for both of those also very strong comparatively. And looking back, uh, most recent managers back to uh, the February, March timeframe. Card, both bank card and uh, private label card, uh, both of those are down and have remained uh, down uh, in terms of balances when looking back to the pre-COVID period, but have been seeing uh, some slight upticks of recent in the uh, delinquency rates there. Taking a deeper look at credit cards specifically, what are you seeing in card utilization and spending overall? Let's spend a few minutes on credit card. So when looking at credit card, both uh, bank card as well as you know private label, the utilization rate is, has been trickling down and then it's sort of you know held steady for for a few weeks and last week as, as well as this week we've seen it you know drop down a little bit more. So that utilization rate has continued uh, to decline. It's uh, now under 19 percent at 18.9 and this is a, a an historical you know limit for us when uh, since we've been gauging this uh, back from 2009. Looking at you know, some of the other uh, revolving products, so private label, it's been pushing down as well. It's around 13.4 percent, and then home equity uh, revolving is around 40.1 uh, percent. Uh, so all of those are relatively low um, when we look back over the last few years. And then, as I said, bank card at that historic low. Any trends geographically, any regional trends you're seeing, whether with credit card or, or even broader back to mortgage and auto? Yeah, when, when looking uh, more at auto, you know, you're seeing you know, sort of the, the southeast, uh, you know, down into Texas. Uh, we're seeing, um, you know, more originations that appears being generated uh, there. That's also then driving uh, balance increases there as well. Thank you, Chris. David, let's shift to expectations for spend in the near term and into 2021. What are you seeing in the forecast? When we want to look at uh, at the spend, I mean, really, what's going to drive that is retail sales overall. Uh, you know, we are producing forecasts in in that space, and um, and I, I really think it's very relevant for the credit data. Um, obviously, we saw a dip in the summer and then a bit of a, a rebound in, in Q3. So retail spending overall is kind of back to the level it needs to be. Uh, and, and we continue to see it, it growing. We're actually expecting a, a good Q4. There are bright spots in retail spending. It, when we look at spending in sort of non, non-store, by that I mean online stores, uh, we, we see spending is very strong there. And we think there's a, a 
bit of a shift from services to to goods overall. So we're expecting an uh, above average Q4 in terms of retail spending. Uh, I think the real question will be how much does that translate into uh, spend on a product like credit cards? My sense is that the savings is still there in the economy. Uh, Consumers have taken their stimulus checks and they've put them in the bank to some degree, taken any extra income they've had and saved it up. Uh, so it may not fully translate into balances overall uh, on, on credit cards, but really it's a step in the right direction. I, I definitely think as that savings gets drawn down, we will actually start to see the average spend on a credit card and balance, maybe even balance carrying interest really start to increase in 2021. So I think the next couple months are a little bit uncertain, but I think 2021, we're going to start to see a little bit more return to normalcy in a product like credit cards. What about the outlook for auto and mortgage? Yeah, I mean, mortgage uh, has been growing at a at a very strong pace overall. That's going to be bolstered from the low interest rate environment. Uh, so I think it still has some legs. I think we'll have a bit of a late later season this year than normal, just um, is everybody still adjusting to the uh, pandemic environment? But but mortgage is going to be strong. If anything, the, the problem is the lack of houses and the low vacancy rate, rates overall. Uh, there's really a, a high demand for single family homes. So we're, we may run into an issue where the, the supply side isn't there even if the lenders are happy to participate in the credit markets, the, there just may not be enough homes out there to actually purchase. So that, that may be a, a, a drag, but it's, it's coming from a, perhaps a, a very positive part in the market. Uh, when we think about auto, I definitely see that the demand for automobiles will remain strong through the next several quarters. Really, if we think back to the issue with mortgage that in, individuals are moving areas, um, that will remain true, that there'll still be a demand for, for cars as people migrate perhaps out of cities to uh, the the suburbs. And then with it, they're also avoiding mass transit. So if, if we think that many of uh, much of the population will not be vaccinated until partway through next year, uh, there'll still be an incentive to avoid uh, public transit. With that, there'll be a demand for uh, automobiles, even if uh, everybody is coming back to work the way they once did. There, there could be a bit of a lag before everyone gets vaccinated, and, and consequently, that just people will still want to drive cars. So I think both markets are actually in um, in good shape right now, and I expect to see the uh, originations to continue to form uh, well. Um, David, with continued uncertainty, what are your expectations for spending as we head into the holiday season? Yeah, it's a great question about uh, how retail spending is going to fare. Uh, we, we think it will manage to be up. Uh, overall, you know, the retail spending has returned to its pre-pandemic level. Uh, and we, we expect uh, above average growth in, in Q4. Uh, our current forecast actually is coming in at a, a growth quarter over quarter at just uh, 115 basis points. So, so that's a, that, and that's a healthy number if you consider the long run average, which tends to be around 80 basis points. So, so overall, we think uh, retail spending is going to will be up. And to be clear, that the number I'm citing is excluding automobiles. The so retail spending looks strong. We think there'll be a shift to good spending and away from services, and we think the spending will typically take place more online. 
So David, what are the expectations of when we might return to a sense of relative normalcy? Good question. This one's a little bit harder to to answer. I mean, really what has um, kind of altered normalcy is some of the government interventions and some of the accommodations from, from lenders. If we think about the unsecured space, the accommodations are mostly coming to an end and, and then the, the rest of it is coming from the, the government. Now it looks like stimulus is is something that's going to be pushed off to the 2021, if, if at all. With that, we could start to think of the credit markets behaving a little bit more normally, at least in, in terms of the macroeconomic environment that we're in. That's that we do expect that delinquencies will rise because unemployment rate is uh, above the pre-pandemic level. So we, we in the, in that sense, we do expect some normalcy to start to return soon because there's just less intervention going on overall. That being said, there are still uh, eviction moratoriums and there's still some other types of accommodations that are out there. It will not really truly feel like a typical economy until we get through that, you know, those types of accommodations, those types of moratoriums. And that will, uh, some of that is actually going to just correspond to when the pandemic environment starts to fade. And 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 so it really comes back to kind of being conditional on the uh, pandemic environment and, and the health outcomes out there. Um, I, I think normal will really materialize probably in Q2 of next year, but we'll start to, to get closer to, to normal, at least um, uh, from where we are now. So Chris, back to you. What does the personal loan or consumer finance space look like right now? Yeah, when, when looking at this, uh, particularly from an origination's perspective, we, we've seen a significant uh, growth in recent vintages. And we look to really understand, you know, the drivers there and to look uh, maybe even at score breaks. And so what we found overall uh, installment is, is the driver when we look at it at the big picture. But a couple of the peaks that we've had most recently, the last uh, two, three weeks, um, it, the driver there has been revolving where it's, uh, you know, up by about 9%. When we look across the, the risk distribution uh, for this, we really didn't see any major changes. You know, no, uh, subprime nor prime really taking the drop there, but sort of holding the trends. Uh, if anything, it actually has driven up the the average uh, score there um, over the last few weeks. So I would say it's leaning a little bit more to the uh, to prime. David, do you have any outlook on the personal loan space? I think it's a really fascinating uh, observation that Chris Chris has made here especially if, if we see the, the shift to more higher credit quality uh, borrowers there in the revolving space. the uh, when I, I looked recently at the senior loan officer survey, which, which you mentioned earlier, Teresa, and that actually is showing some tightening overall for credit cards. We can see tightening in terms of credit limits, credit scores, whether there's any exceptions being made. And so there might be some type of substitution going here that's really supporting the personal loan and the consumer finance market. We, we, we think the drivers in this uh, consumer finance market are, are much the same, that it depends a bit on, on retail sp- spending, debt burdens overall. The, the forecasts are, are, are low for balance growth and, and for originations. They, they seem to be a bit behind schedule, although the data I think that Chris is looking at does seem to suggest that maybe there is a, a bit of 
substitution going on, or at least that's what I'm interpreting going forward. So I, I think it's something that we will probably revise up, right, um, as time goes on. At the moment, um, there's still a bit of a uh, a drag just just until the you know retail spending really does does pick up all the way. So thank you both. Now before we transition to small business, let's wrap on a high note. Chris, what bright spots do you see in the data? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think one is originations um, and the very strong vintages that we're seeing coming in across you know multiple products. And then I think secondarily is the uh, you know the re- further reduction in the utilization. Um, you know, just showing that folks aren't out, you know, just spending and accumulating um, the debt there on that revolving car. After a quick break, we'll shift to small business credit back in a moment. When managing credit relationships with consumers, it can be difficult to understand how they're faring financially. With customer portfolio review from Equifax, we can help you stay on top of what's happening to your customers' credit health, including changes to income and employment. To learn more about how Customer Portfolio Review can help you and your customers stay on track, click the link in our show notes. Welcome back. We're joined now by Sarah Briscoe, Senior Data Scientist here at Equifax. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Now, we've gotten a great update on the macro economy and consumer credit just before the break. We're going to shift gears now to the impact and outlook for small businesses. So, Sarah, what are you seeing in what are you seeing in the indices lately for lending or delinquencies? So right now, delinquency is down overall nationally. Lending is up overall nationally since the pandemic start. Um, Definitely many pockets are struggling. We're seeing more positive trends in lending in the north of the country, uh, with decreases in lending in much of the rest of the country. And then delinquency is seeing uh, better conditions for such, such as transportation is looking a little bit better. It was elevated earlier in the year. Retail, healthcare is still looking a little bit rough around the edges in terms of delinquency. Thank you, Sarah. So let's stick with the geographic considerations for a moment. What are you seeing if we take a look at the West Coast versus East Coast or North or South? What are some of the trends in general you're seeing geographically? And it depends a lot of, on, on industry as well. So if you look at something like accommodation and food services, that would be like hotels, restaurants, stuff like that. You're going to see pretty much across the country, every single area is up in delinquency or default and is down in lending. But if you, if you look at something like construction, we're seeing a large increase in lending over much of the country for the past six months. And a lot of consumers and businesses are taking advantage of the pandemic closures, boosting that construction industry. You look at something like retail trade, so more of storefront businesses. We're seeing pretty prominent decreases in lending for Western states like California, Nevada, a lot of the South also seeing decreases, uh, as well as the Atlantic, Midwest states like New York, New Jersey, uh, Ohio, Iowa, those, those types of areas. And what do you foresee, Sarah, with, you know, um, we were talking with Chris earlier in the episode around the spikes in COVID, the uptick again. How might that impact what's going on with small businesses today or or as we look to 2021? What might be the impact to small businesses? So we've seen, based on the the previous spikes, we've seen that default rates consistently are increasing for states that have the most COVID cases. So Texas, California, Florida, New York all saw high default rates. 
corresponding to high COVID cases. So I expect the trend will be similar for a renewed COVID-19 surge. Maybe some businesses are now better able to adapt to that now that they've experienced it once and experienced the business restrictions by local and state governments. But for businesses primarily focused on travel or food or any high-risk in-person service where it's very, very difficult to adapt, we're probably going to see some impact from the winter months and from, from the COVID increases and the closures. You know, that was the next question I was going to ask you, Sarah, is about the seasonality. So we've got the double whammy coming up of the colder months, which tends to affect some businesses along with the the spike in the COVID cases. What are some other additional seasonality factors that might be at play that we're looking at in the months ahead? Well, what we're seeing is, is if you look at something like Google's community mobility report, um, they track visits to different types of places across the country. We're seeing visits to retail recreation places are down uh, like 15 to 20 percent, depending on where you look at as of early November compared to January. And we did see increases in those visits in the summer, and now it's back down again. So I would expect through the outdoor activities, anything that you cannot adapt outdoors, especially in the states where it, it becomes colder, it's more difficult to come outside. That's where we're going to see a little bit of struggle. Retail trade, if it's successfully transitioned online, could could do okay. Something like arts and entertainment, you can't have really any indoor concerts or People are nervous about indoor dining. So there's there's a lot of considerations there. And I think when we look at the stimulus package, possibly, that we might see in the near future, that might change some of the outlook. But it's, it's difficult to see in the winter months at, as the outdoor activities become harder to do, how some of these uh, businesses that have been reliant on outdoor activities are going to adapt to those changing conditions. Sarah, in past episodes, we've talked about the trend or the resilience of, of the entrepreneur and the trend to find the next opportunity. Are we seeing any upticks in new types of businesses or any decreases in others where there might be a shift um, in the small business focus or, or where um, entrepreneurs are opening businesses today? Yes. So business applications are up significantly year over year. Uh, it's partially due to some backlog from closures earlier in the year, but it's still quite the surge for 3Q. I think there is a, a spirit of entrepreneurship and the ability of people who are sitting at home, who are stuck at home. They want to make their business idea happen and they're able to do that online. Um, so I think there is a spirit of, of entrepreneurship that is happening in America, and we are seeing those business applications up. The outlook is good for for new ideas kind of coming through in this pandemic. Thank you, Sarah. We touched on a number of timely topics today. Recent spikes in COVID-19 cases, a vaccine and stimulus expectations coming out of our recent elections. We also looked at current trends for both consumer credit and small business insights. To discuss these topics in more detail, we encourage you to reach out to your Equifax or Moody's Analytics account executive today. If you enjoyed the insights shared today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast series. And please post a review and let us know how we're doing. 
To suggest topics for a future podcast or for the Market Pulse webinar series, you can also email us at marketpulsepodcast at equifax.com. Speaking of webinars, we invite you to join us on December 10th for our next Market Pulse webinar. Each month, we take a deeper dive into economic and credit insights, as well as employment and income trends. Our additional focus for December will center on consumer spending heading into the holidays. You can register today at equifax.com forward slash market pulse. And if you like the format of today's podcast, join us on the third Thursday of each month for the Market Pulse Monthly. Thank you once again to our guests, Chris Dorides and David Fieldhouse from Moody's Analytics, and Chris Walker and Sarah Briscoe from Equifax. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next month for the new Market Pulse podcast series from Equifax. Thank you for listening. The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at Equifax.com.